finally, a movie that's brave enough to ask the question, why the hell is Donkey here? We're talking Shrek 2 on today's... We're not affiliated with Netflix. Welcome to KidFlix, the podcast where adults try to definitively rank every kid's movie ever made. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and this show is not for kids, so turn this off and drink milk from a bottle that's made to simulate a nipple. Boom. Told them. Told that how to do it. I don't know what I just said. <laughs> I'm really dehydrated. It's one of the hottest days of the fall. Uh, but I'm not, I'm going to stop talking uh, to nobody, and instead I'm going to talk to somebody uh, she's sitting right across from me. She's a good friend of mine. She acts on Temple Smash. If you're in the Philadelphia area, you can see her in various Temple uh, theater productions. She also sings at Potbelly. <laughs> and uh, she has a lovely YouTube channel, which maybe we'll get into at some point. But she's here. Get used to it. It's Rita Castagna. How Hi. are you, Rita? Hi, I am wonderful. How are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Um, so let's... This is This is weird territory... Uh, because this is the first time that we've uh, reviewed a sequel of a movie, um, and it's especially weird because we have not reviewed the original Shrek. What um, what drove you to the sequel? Well, Shrek as a whole is just you know love or or life, one might say. But oh, you like memes? <laughs> cool. <laughs> but Shrek Two is just always one that jumps out at me. It's one of those ones that you know we had it on DVD as a kid. And we were always watching it, just constantly, to where I, the point where I was watching it, you know, like just now when I was taking notes on it and everything, and I was just saying the movie as it was happening, and I didn't really realize, oh wow, I, this movie has been ingrained in me. Harry Potter 4 was another one of the ones that's just, Finding Nemo, the ones that you just watch over and over and over, so immediately I was like, Shrek 2, I need a hero. (laughs) That, I, um, when I was in third grade, um, so I didn't, there are so many references in this movie that I did not get, um, but, so that song, when the fairy godmother is singing, I Need a Hero, I wrote that into a weird script that I wrote in third grade, um, because we were doing this big unit on, like, medieval times and the Renaissance, Mm -hmm. and so I did, I wrote this weird Instead of writing a short story like my um, teacher politely asked all of us to, <laughs> I wrote a two-page script that involved a, a shapeshifter that becomes the prince, and then I, th- two, I think two people died. But there was a montage set to the version of I Need a Hero from Shrek 2. Good. Because, I mean, for all intents and purposes, at that time, I was like, that's an original song. Yeah, I, did. I hadn't seen, what, Footloose? I think it's from Footloose. I guess. I don't think I've ever seen Footloose. I, I just saw Dirty Dancing for the first time like two months ago. I just watched it about a year ago, so I understand. But yeah, I think it is from Footloose. And they also did... Oh. Riveting radio. <laughs> I know. I wrote them all down. Livin' La Vida Loca. She sang that oh Waving My, my Magic Wand song. Oh, that... that Was that... That was an original that song. That was an original. I mean, you could tell... That, <laughs> that, I didn't realize how many musical numbers, I forgot how many there were in this yeah, movie. Yeah, she single sings one, so much. Yeah, and every single time I, I thought, did we need to do this? Yeah, but we did. The thing I was thinking of was Flashdance. They had like, in Livin' La Vida Loca, 
puss like oh, pulls the thing and yeah. just comes this the movie, water just comes down. This movie's chock full of references that kids know and love. So many. Because there are things that, you know, I did get as a kid, like when Ariel shows up in the beginning sequence and yeah, the oh. Sir Justin on her wall. Okay, so at the very beginning during this montage, it's that was crazy just seeing Fiona out of anger. For weird, first of all, I have no idea where Fiona went. So the sequence is Shrek and Fiona are kissing. I forget what reference. They're to. just laying on a beach. Well, that's a reference because they had that in um, Airplane too. That it was like they're making out on the beach and then the waves engulf them. Yeah. Some movie from the seventies. If you know, let us know or whatever. <laughs> but um, so they're making out. The wave, the tide comes. Fiona's gone and is replaced by Ariel. Then Fiona shows up angrily and throws Ariel, whips her around, and throws her into a, a shark pit. By the tail. Just but, swings her around. Where did Fiona go? I She got swept away. I mean, you know, sometimes you get lost in the sauce. Yeah. Oh, oh that always happens when I'm hooking up. I'm always like, oh, man, I'm, I'm just in a completely different location. Yeah, just, oh, no, and there's another person that's here, and everyone's going along with it except me. Well, time to start swinging. Yeah. Oh, speaking of kissing. Okay. So... This is, like, the first scene in the movie, and it was so weird to me. Um, this is one of those things that happens in movies, but I'd never have heard about in real life. When Prince Charming, he's like, and await first, her first kiss, and then he sprays some weird stuff in his mouth. Yeah. Some <laughs> breath spray? I guess. I, I don't think I've ever even heard of somebody third-hand doing that. <laughs> no, I think it's a very old-timey thing. That has just remained in in film and TV, these things that, like, people write and then you sort of think, oh, this is a thing people do, but it isn't. It's a thing that TV people do. Yeah, I think it's such a shame that people, that men don't walk around with giant breath perfume bottles. I've never seen it in, in, in like, as an option to purchase at a Rite Aid, CVS, Weiss, etc. None of them. I've you know you got that like throat coat stuff for when you're when you got a sore throat but that tastes yeah, well, like that cherry stuff is poison. Miracle. You and I have both done musical theater. That stuff it sucks, but it's, it works. Oh, it's the worst. Um, there were so many more references watching it this time that I was like, oh my god, I didn't, I would not have gotten this as a child. But so many of them I did get as a child, like the Zorro thing where Puss in Boots mm-hmm. like carves the pea into the tree and it's like Zorro, um, and like he pops out of his chest. Puss in Boots comes through his shirt, like, the movie Alien, like, stuff like that. But then even in the bar, Puss in Boots, he, like, drinks from his cup or whatever, and he just goes, I hate Mondays. Yeah, I, I, that was the first time I noticed that, and I, I guess I was happy about it. I was just like, oh, that's something. Yeah, like, oh, he's a cat. All right. But, um, when he pulls out his sword for the first time, there's the encounter in the woods, Shrek and Donkey are walking because they think they're going to meet up with the king, Fiona's father, mm-hmm. to have, like, a makeup hunting session or Which something. Which, it, it was kind of rude for Shrek to just be like, Donkey, you can come. I guess. But, you know, he's with their party. What's he supposed to do? Leave him? He wasn't supposed to come. I said that at the beginning, but I, I that was one of the first notes I wrote. I wrote, why the fuck did Donkey come? You're right. I mean, Donkey doesn't really particularly concern himself with whether he's invited places Ugh. that is very much quintessential that of his is character the but but he... sorry anyway uh no I, I just realized i interrupted <laughs> you before and then i interrupted you again to try to get back on yeah. track 
No, it's great. Oops. Um, so Puss pulls out his sword, and Donkey goes, look out, Shrek, he got a piece. And I just <laughs> wouldn't have, like, in the cops scene where they're, like, arresting them, and it's, like, the show and Cops. yells, police He goes, brutality. police brutality. I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't get these things in 2004. Mm-hmm. Also, this movie comes at such a, a time when... I've, I forgot how many movies, especially kids' movies, had just, like, trans jokes in it. Yeah. Because there's the, the ugly uh, step yeah. sister, Stepsister. voiced by Larry King. Wow. I didn't know that. I and, love it. And then they call the wolf a gender-confused wolf. Yeah. This, yeah. This movie ages perfectly. Yeah. I wouldn't call it particularly progressive. Yeah, I I wrote this movie's quite progressive in its regressiveness. Because <laughs> also Julie Andrews, like one of the most delightful women in yeah. the universe, she she doesn't do anything in this movie. She's just like Harold, talk to him. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but anything she does, I'm just thank like thank you, thank you for speaking. Thank you. Thank you for, for existing. Everything. Like my queen. She's never late. Everyone else is just early. Ugh. Like, she did that. Oh, my gosh. In the song, in the Fairy Godmother's first song, the Wave of My Magic Wand song. Yeah. When she's, like, listing all the things, and the things go by really fast, and I wish I had taken it, I had rewound it a couple of times and listened to it uh, over and over, because there's a couple things that you can miss, and I missed, first of all, when they're talking about the princes, and, like, Prince Charles's face lights up on the mirror. Like, that's amazing. But right after that, they say something, 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 they're going to write your name on the bathroom wall for happily ever after, give Fiona a call. What? Whoa. For children? Wow. Also just um, pulling up the lyrics right now. But yeah, and also I noticed that they were repeating the same like verse over and over again. It felt something about like, da-da-da with the perfect hair. Could have been. I really don't know. It just all happened so fast. It did. It was like trying to be um, one like a Gilbert and Sullivan song. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't. That's one of my dreams to write one of those kind of. I can't think of what like the actual name of those kind of songs are like called. Like a magical. Maybe not. I think I just made that up. It's a real word, but I just, think I just made up the definition for it. I I like know I the, know the word, but it's just, like I am the very model of a modern major gender. Yes. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Oh, okay. They. I kept hearing the line, nip and tuck here and there to land that prince with the perfect hair. They said hair a lot. And, and Fiona keeps getting just, like, pummeled in the face by sentient uh, lipstick and stuff. Yeah, and, like, the big dresser. Mm-hmm. Did you think that human Shrek was hot? No. Okay, good. Did you? No. No. I was like, I mean, I guess he looks a bit more defined in his in his features, but those those three farm girls, yeah, or whatever. Jill who fetched him the pail of water. Oh, yeah, did you catch that one? Man, you know what? Never mind. This movie gets all fives. That was perfect. <laughs> no, but yeah, I because I mean, he his face still looked kind of dumb. <laughs> um, yeah, we he didn't. He's not muscular. Not really. He's just like large. He was wearing such ill-fitting clothing yeah. when they found him. Who would be like, ooh, <laughs> he doesn't know how to shop for himself. Yes, this unconscious man that's in tatters. 
something about him makes me want whatever they want. Like, they wanted, when he said, we got to get you out of those clothes, and they go, calm down, friends. friends. I have a wife. Oh. Yeah, like, what? He looks like handsome Squidward. Oh, yeah, Remember he handsome does. Squidward? No, still not handsome, but, I mean. No. Better than regular Squidward. This this movie, and I don't know if you if you felt this as well, it it felt like a major step back from Shrek One in terms of female characters and kind of their arc. Yeah. And I I didn't see Shrek Four, but I saw Shrek Three, and it mm. they just became movies about Shrek trying to be like, like oh Fiona's too good for me. Yeah. And it's just exploring that in different ways. I don't remember. Shrek 3 was Shrek the 3rd, right? That's yeah. when she gets pregnant? It's where she gets pregnant. Um, Shrek is, that's where the dream sequence happens, where Shrek looks in a baby Bjorn and a baby projectile vomits all over uh, him. Ah, yes. And also Justin Timberlake is in it. He's, yes, I remember. I saw it in theaters, and I think that was one of the first movies as a kid that I walked out of, and I was like, mm, what didn't really do it for me? <laughs> The first time I became an old man. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I had a single opinion about a single movie till I was maybe sixteen years old. I was just like, "This is great, just great job all around to everything." Until I saw this movie. I think it. I think it was the movie "Fly Me to the Moon." It was about flies. You saw that? That go to the moon. My dad got it for us on Netflix because he has mail in Netflix. He still has mail in Netflix. Good for him. Because he's an old, old man that doesn't use computers, even though he's a software engineer. So he still gets mail in Netflix, but he got he got this movie, Fly Me to the Moon, and it's about flies that go did, to the moon. Did you watch? The, did you have the 3D or 2D? It was 2D. Oh. I, can you mail? Can you get 3D DVDs? I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like a lot of people just in their house have a bunch of those red and cyan glasses. Yeah. So maybe. Perhaps. I just don't know if, you know, does this is it... The screen that has capability or not to project 3D, or is it just that the images pop up on a screen and then you are you use the yeah? Glasses? Well, I mean, you would you would you couldn't use the the real D ones, the ones where it's like clear sure. glasses, because that's projection. But the red yes. and cyan, it's just that's just done on the computer. You know, I I think I did know that because you know General Mills maybe would have cereal boxes that came with 3D glasses and they would just have 3D images on the back. Oh, that's fun. And you'd look at things and be like, oh, it's 3D, even though I could just look at a normal cereal <laughs> box, which is already 3D because it's a box. Yeah, but it's double 3D. But it's double 3D. Yeah, I I got um, Spy Kids 3D when I was a kid. Oh, thank God. Yeah, and they ca- I think it came with four pairs of glasses, so. Mm-hmm. A nuclear family could watch the movie together. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, actually, that reminds me. So, my favorite thing ever in uh, trailers for 3D movies, and it doesn't happen as much anymore, but it used to when 3D was like, hey, it's 3D. What it would be, it would show either like a family sitting at home or a bunch of people in the theater. They all have big popcorns. Yep. And then they show a, an arm just reaching out of the screen, and everybody <laughs> throws, throws their popcorn the- <laughs> straight into the air. And I, if I had an extra popcorn for some reason, and I was I was in a scary movie, I would definitely do that just because that's fun. Absolutely. But also, I popcorn is like one of those foods where it's I will eat hundreds of it. I like will not stop. Again, it's one of those things that you know, people have convinced each other that people do this. 
but it's just people on TV do this, so you create a separate subspecies of humans, which are TV character humans, that speak in this way and do things like throw their popcorn in the air while they're watching a 3D movie. My favorite, and by that I mean the thing I hate most in the world, is a thing that I call the Obadiah trope, because I could not think of exactly how to word it or any other example besides the one that's in Guys and Dolls, because I'm in Guys and Dolls, I've read the script recently, and it's always in my freaking Obadiah. face. Obadiah? Yeah. That's what it is? Okay, They're I just talking, there's a, there's a pause in the, like an intimate conversation usually, and in this case, Sky says, Obadiah, and nothing else. He just lets, lets that sit. He just says, that's a good thing to say next, and he makes Sarah, who deserved none of this, say, Obadiah? What's that? And he says, like she even had to ask. He says, Obadiah Masterson, that's my real name. No one has ever structured a conversation in that way in real life, as far as I can tell. Oh, just doing that thing where it's just like you just let just a tiny bit of information out there in the hopes that people will grasp at you? A completely isolated phrase. No tangent, no segue, nothing. And then you you make them ask you what you mean. And then you say, oh, silly you, it all connects. And then you explain it. I'm just not here for it. I don't think a single person has ever done that in real life. But enough people convince themselves as writers. Like, oh, yes, people do this, but just because you've seen fictional people do this. So you create a subspecies of human, which is the TV human. Yeah, you hear that, writers? Go outside. (laughs) Have a conversation. Yeah, I, like, take playwriting now, so, like, I think I know everything. Interior. Exterior, all those. Yeah. Um, I I was in Guys and Dolls, and it was a great time. Yeah. And I think, and not just because I played him, but I think Nathan <laughs> Detroit is a more fun character to watch in a play than Sky Masterson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still don't care. I was in it, and I saw the show so many times over and over again, and I still don't really know why the show's about him. I don't know why the show is anything. It's just a strange... It's... <laughs> It's based off of characters that no one remembers. It, it was is. like from some short story book. It was all of uh, Damon Runyon's characters and stories and stuff, but it's just kind of all of them thrown into one show. So there's a lot of plot lines that they do weave together efficiently, but it does make it a three-hour show. And then you have these tableau sequences, like the opening number that's like ten minutes long and there's no dialogue. Oh, and mean it's f- just like the fugue? The, no, right before the fugue. The Runyon Land, the just like scoring you know and just everyone's running back and forth and there's. We cut that from our high school production because oh we were like, God. "This is dumb." I think we did like a very brief overture and then just kind of dived right into it. Wow, wow, wow! Thanks, yeah. Colonial Players. Yeah, not not Temple Theaters, not them. Called out. No, I just they're very very passionate about um, honoring the original text, and everything that went into it so we have all of our own little runyon characters and all of these uh shows and stories and movies that we need to read and research so that we can really 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 be runyon land and it's great temple's 50th season expect no less congratulations speaking of congratulations congrats on shrek 2 <laughs> well, actually, I read so for the original movie, Mike Myers, Cameron Diaz, and uh, Eddie Murphy got three hundred fifty thousand for doing their voice work. Hmm. This movie, it was bumped up to ten million. Wowza! 
as it should have. Yeah. Do you remember the commercial success of Shrek 1? I do. Everything was green. Picture the Minions invasion, but I think bigger. I that's really a, that's a good think analogy. it was bigger. Like how everything now has those little yellow bastards or everything is just yellow in some way and you're like, this better not be Minions, but it always is. Burger King had green ketchup they also, for a oh, while. They also had um, a green icy that I remember mm-hmm. being really good. Yeah. Green Ooh. was just everywhere. There was like Lunchables, Kid Cuisines. Like pudding. Anything that could be shrek I own a Shrek chess set. I don't mm. think we really played chess as a kid, as kids, but we were like, I own a shrek. shrek. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad that they got the the compensation that they deserved for their work. I did read somewhere that Mike Myers was like the second choice to play Shrek. He was. Like someone else had taken the role and then not done it anymore, so he had them like rewrite the script. Okay, so two things there. So, for, yes. and I did not research this for this episode. I just know this in my head. But so originally, um, the voice of Shrek was Chris Farley. Mm-hmm. Um, they recorded a bunch of his dialogue. You can actually find online. They have some animatics uh, of the campfire scene in the original mm-hmm. Shrek. Uh, and it's really cool hearing Chris Farley's voice because I forgot that he does have good some good gravitas when he needs it. Um, so when he died. They were like, okay, we still want to make this movie. Let's recast it. And Mm. so they chose Mike Myers. He recorded it with his normal voice. Uh, And then about halfway through recording, or I think after recording had finished, he did the Scottish, he figured out a Scottish voice. And he was like, Mm -hmm. let's do that. So he he made them go back and they re-recorded everything and they had to reanimate a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. I had heard that he had them rewrite like, all of his lines, so that it wasn't, like, because you wrote these lines for Chris, but, like, now it's now it's me, so so write new ones for me. That's what I heard. I don't have a source on that. There, you don't need sources these days, am yeah, I right? Yeah, you know, just Google it, or just believe me. <laughs> I believe you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I mean, this, I, that would make sense to me. I, I couldn't, I can't know it for sure, but, I mean, bits of this movie definitely feel like, kind of Austin Powersy, where it's just like all these gags on gags mm-hmm. that don't really do anything. Like, I did not, I, there was barely any story in this movie. Yeah. It, yeah, it had a story, but a lot of it is kind of that, that comedy. There's a lot of puns. I wrote a few of them down from the Funky Town sequence. When you get we're in the onion. It's like the pumpkin carriage from Cinderella, but it's an onion, which just clicked with me this time, and it makes me really? so happy. I was just like, oh, they're in an onion. Like, I just didn't, I don't know, maybe I thought it was a turnip as a child. I don't know. I didn't have opinions for a while. But mm-hmm. so we show up at Far, Far Away. There's the Hollywood-looking sign that says Far, Far Away. And I had never, never once looked at all the shops around them like as they're going down the streets because yeah you see where Rapunzel lives you see where Cinderella lives you see their little gated communities but you see uh Versarchery you see Farbucks coffee you see Burger Prince you see something that has something to do with FAO Schwartz it's something something Schwartz I couldn't really read it and there was one that was something something Old York instead of New York there it's was... weird that they changed it to Burger Prince instead of just keeping it at Burger King it was I'm 
I could definitely make out the word Prince, but I don't know if it said burger, but it was the logo. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that. There was Epiphany & Co. There was Saxon Fifth Avenue. There was Old Knavery. That one was my favorite. That's Tower of London Records. Lethal Arrow 4, starring <laughs> Robin Hood and Lil Jon. There was Baskin Robin Hood. It was beautiful, and I had never, ever noticed, and I was just, like, pausing, looking for these little Easter eggs in this little sequence that really had nothing to do with story, but it was just hilarious, and I was here for it. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. That's the one thing that I think this franchise definitely gets right, is they do have a lot of attention to detail with little jokes like that in the background. I just wish that there was more attention to detail for this, because it's... So I realized about 20 minutes into this movie that it's, like, the Shrek franchise is very much like the Meet the Parents franchise. Yeah. So the first one's, you know, like, them getting to know each other. And then this, even though Shrek's meeting Fiona's parents for the first time, it's felt so much like Meet the Fockers. And that, like, they're just, like, traveling. They don't want to go there. And just all this hijinks happens. Mm -hmm. Like that weird dinner sequence. Yeah. That where they're they're just ripping apart all the meats and then the pig flies in the air and I'm just I was yeah but the scene right before that I really liked where they're walk Shrek and Fiona are walking down the aisle thing of the whole reception to meet the king and queen yes. who are also walking towards them and they're all oh yeah they're they're both kind of walking and meeting in the middle and the couples are kind of whispering to each other and their dialogue like flows right into one another and they have. That one little montage at the end of the, like, I really, 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 really do not want to be yeah. here. And then they, like, they end up right there. That was really cute. That was a nice, like, use of dialogue. Yeah, I thought that was good. Again, that's another kind of, like, uh, Austin Powers thing I remember. Like, that sequence when they're not saying the word, like, dick or something, but everybody's <laughs> saying it, you know. Um, I also liked, um, so I, I marked every time I laughed. <laughs> and uh, there were three times that I laughed in this movie. Wow! The second, the second time being um, when, uh, so they're at the di- they're at dinner and they're all kind of uh, bickering at each other like, hey Shrek, Donkey or Shrek, uh, King, Fiona, yeah. Queen, and then Donkey just says to himself, Donkey, yep. and then the pig falls and that that was great. That's a good use of Donkey. Yeah. Which is not too much donkey. Yeah. The same thing happened on an episode of Spongebob, but I'm not going to... Ooh. I'm not going to be mad about it. Uh Uh-oh. I don't know who did it first. I really don't. I wish I did. The Spongebob movie came out the same year as Shrek 2. Whoa. If that means anything. 2004 was a great year. 2004, that's also The Incredibles, right? I think. Because 2003... I thought Finding Nemo was 2004, but I think I might have shifted those Maybe. all in my head. Because it was also for a little while, because Pixar is now in the whole release a new movie every year thing, yes. but I think that was before they did that. Well, no, I think that started with Monsters, Inc. It was like Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, Incredibles, Incredibles Cars. Incredibles was 2004. Mm. Yeah, I think Cars was 05. Cars was 05, and then there were... Ratatouille was 07? Ratatouille, maybe doesn't matter um we know things is the thesis yeah, of that i'm really into pixar so but this I. isn't this isn't that it is not that okay this so if you're a big fan of pixar so because i'm a big fan of pixar i feel like i have very harsh opinion and intense opinions about dreamworks uh-huh. animation what about you sure no yeah i think i couldn't name them as easily 
I couldn't say, ah, yes, DreamWorks, such as, I could say Tr Shrek, uh, How to Train Your Dragon, and that's, like, probably all that I could name for you, because Pixar just has such a, like, a Pixar touch that they put on everything. Um, I guess I am gonna look at everything and say, like, well, was it Finding Nemo? No, because few things in life are. Or was it, you know, was it Wally? -E? Was it Up? I think I might consider those, like, the best Pixar movies, but don't hold me to that. Oh, I will. <laughs> I would have to review further, but... Yeah, no, I think there is a higher expectation if it's coming from Pixar, but then also, like, if you're going to market it, like, like the way Shrek was everywhere. You better be up to snuff. And then Shrek sort of lost its way. And if you watch the first one, and especially if you watch the musical, which is a musical version of the first movie, obviously... I say obviously, but Camp Rock the musical is Camp Rock 2 the movie, but we're not talking about that right now. Huh. Yeah. There's more characters and more songs. Who knows? Anyway. Um, Shrek, the first one, has a very much, like, socialist agenda to it in the sense of, like, I, don't, I think so. Maybe it, maybe it's anti so I Because of the whole Lord Farquaad thing and he's kicking out. All the people. I, I don't know if I would say socialist, but it's no, it's not it. Egalitarian or just kind of perhaps. Well, it's, I mean, it's very much a movie uh, about kind of just how, you know, like quote unquote the the like freaks will rise up or something. It's yeah. just like these these fairy tale creatures who are uh, oppressed and just kind of discriminated against. They're being further discriminated against. Yeah, it was very fight the man. And then they sort of lost their way and that, like, they became, like, the capitalist machine that they had, that they had fought against, like, with all five movies or whatever and the Halloween special and the Christmas special and all the everything else. They kind of lost their way because past Shrek 2, I really don't think they made anything particularly good. No. But they just kept, they just kept making things well because the original writers didn't return for shrek 2 mm. because so um i don't know if you heard but the original draft for shrek 2 which i was just reading about on their wikipedia or maybe on imdb was that it was going to be kind of like a far f uh a fairy tale election just because uh lord farquaad was overturned and uh -huh. eaten by uh you know a dragon yes so that was going to be the whole thing but then uh, DreamWorks was like, this is really just overtly political. Mm -hmm. And then just there was so much tugging and pulling on each side that the writers just didn't come back. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. You learn That's something new every day. Yeah. Ha have you been to DreamWorks, like the, the, or not DreamWorks, Universal, like the theme park? I haven't. I've been to Disney World like five times and I've never been to, to so Universal. You can avoid the Shrek ride. Oh. So it's a, it's a 4D movie. It's 10 minutes. Okay. And it's the least scary thing of all time because you think a 40 movie thing okay so the seats are gonna like move a lot the 3d is gonna be really immersive mm -hmm. it's not the seats jiggle oh. a little bit and you mm -hmm. get like like a spit of water on your face at one point and it's uh, it's so weird that's like the the it's tough to be a bug bug's life 4d movie inside the tree of life in the animal kingdom that one's kind of cool though because if there's a it, I, I remember um, the lights coming down, and it gets, like, kind of scary at Yeah, one there's, point. like, the... I actually just remembered as soon as I said that that it was just incorrect because there's the part with, like, the hornets 
where the grasshopper guy, what's his, his name is Hopper. Kevin I think. Spacey. Um, I, yeah, Kevin Spacey, <laughs> like, s- summons these hornets, like, to sting the audience. And, like, these things, like, come out of the back of the seat mm-hmm. and just, like, stab you. And I'm like, I was terrified. And at the end, you have, like, the they had, like, mice or the roaches or whatever coming in. And you, like, feel them on the... So that is actually pretty cool. I think I lied about that just well, that, then. That was the one cool part of the Shrek 4D one is that there a spider appeared on screen. So they, like, swiped, like, I guess yarn or something under your feet. So it felt Ooh, like a spider. I don't like that. That was the only scary part. It's just um, Lord Farquaad's ghost comes to kill Fiona and Shrek. Oh. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right. So with that, we're going to take a quick break, but stay with us, and we'll hopefully talk more about Trek 2. And we're back. Hey. So we're still talking about Trek 2. I'm still here with Rita. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. So, yeah. So I should have started this conversation with a question, but I don't. Oh, um, I hated all the different times that Trek said, where were we? Oh. (laughs) Oh. I remember. That, like, we're talking about things that happen only in movies, and that, I will say, I ha- that has happened to me, like, when I've sometimes been with, with people <laughs> that, because it's like, none of, nobody wants to outright say, do you want to make out some more, or something like that, <laughs> but. It was just the way he said it was a little off-putting. Like, <laughs> Shrek does not seem like a sexual being to me. Because <laughs> you see them fart and burp and yeah. make earwax candles so much that you wouldn't think, oh, they're also really good at sex. <laughs> Just his face is fit, like his head is so much bigger than hers. Yeah. Like his whole face. Like she's almost still like human sized and he's like an ogre. Like he's ogre sized. Oh, he knows he's an ogre. And I'm. Woof. And I'm just like, <laughs> how. How. How does it, how does it fit? How, not, no, not what I meant. Like, their you faces, wanna, we're still talking about their faces. You want to see that ogre D? No! Get there, that, no. There's 100%, like, real weird renderings online. Oh, I have. I'm sure of it. I'm not going to Every confidence. Up. Have you ever seen Shrek is Love, Shrek is Life? Oh, I forgot about, oh my goodness, how do we not, I'm glad. That was the first thing I said. And then you said you like memes. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. It was so long ago. So you said you said when uh, before we started recording again that you only think about yourself. Yes. I, I do. I just, I'm so hyper focused on things all the time that I miss ninety percent <laughs> of the things around me. That's fair. I guess that's why you have now taken to recording so many things that happen. Yeah. I, so I can just think back and be like, that was good. That was good. <laughs> yeah. Just coaching myself on conversations. I would like to address the overt allegory of this film of kind of all of them but it's obviously present in this one like the whole like the racial allegory yeah of like they he doesn't look like them and they are all they are all white um he doesn't look like them and he didn't grow up like them and he's oh we wanted you to marry someone that looks like prince charming that's blonde and white and that, I think, was always clear to me. I think shows and movies like that that try to teach kids, hey, everyone's special. You know, don't, you know, everyone's great in their own way. Don't hate on anyone because they're different. No one ever tries to hide that. 
but little things that I did write down. It's also, like, um, actually it's showing more of the problem rather yeah. than the solution. Yes. And there were things that were just, like, a lot more overtly, like, ref, um, reminiscent of, like, anti-black, like, uh, terminology and words that people say and, like, anti-immigrant, things like that, like... The king says, an ogre from a swamp? How original. And he says, oh, well, that's so, like, that's typical of him because of his aggressive nature. Like, just yeah. just because he's an ogre. Like, you see things like that. And in the beginning, you see Fiona trying to defend them. And she says, they're not like that. Like, I expected it to be, I expected her to say, they would have voted for Obama a third time if they could. Like, it's literally the scene from Get Out. Yeah, you know what? Maybe, maybe this is more Get Out than Meet the Fockers. It, it felt very Get Out to me until the fact that no one, nothing Died. happened that happened in the movie Get Out. Yeah, there's no scene of Fiona just eating cereal. Yeah, or her with the keys. What was the She's problem? fishing around for the keys in the purse because he's, he's trying to leave. Oh. And she just pulls them out and goes, you know, I can't give you these, right? And the whole audience loses it. I wish I saw it in theater. I saw uh, it, I saw it with my parents. My mom was asleep on the couch and my dad was barely awake and I was like, this is good. <laughs> the fairy godmother says when they have that altercation in her factory thing, she's she's ripping all of the storybooks off of the shelf and saying, "Oh, Cinderella, no, no ogres. Ogre. Oh, Rapunzel, no ogres. Hansel and Gretel, no ogres." Like People that look like you are not in these stories. And I just wrote down representation in all caps. Like, people that look like you don't have things like this happen to them. And I was like, ugh. Fairy Godmother was mean. Yeah. She was a sap. Here's the thing that I think might have bothered me as a child, but it bothered me the entire movie. Prince Charming is her son. Yeah. How is he a prince? Oh. She's not royalty. She's she's a like a She's a celebrity, definitely. Yeah, she's a celebrity business person. That's a good question. I never I never thought about that. I they call him Charming most of the time. So Do you think his name is just Prince Charming? I I don't even did they? I don't know if they ever even. Or maybe, thinking back, I don't even know if they ever called him Prince. Or are we just supposed to infer that? Maybe it was because um, they started calling him Prince because he was the one that they sent out to rescue Fiona. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody assumed. So they preemptively called him Prince. Maybe that's it. Because now I'm thinking that I just sort of, Im- me and I guess the rest of the audience, imposed the word Prince upon him. What was a clear reference? Because, like, his name is Charming, and they just call him Charming, so maybe, you know, they like to fracture the fairy tales, so maybe he becomes Prince Charming by marrying Rich, you know? So maybe that's... Because I I just can't remember, and I watch it, like, today, and I cannot remember if they actually called him Prince Charming at any point in the movie, because I was like, how is he a prince if he's her son? He's, for all intents and purposes, Ivanka Trump. He has no political power. Mm-hmm. Now, like at this point, like he's just uh, he's he's wealthy and he's influential, but he's not like he's not princess princess type. I thought all the princesses were in this in this movie. Were they in the third movie? Do they have like a shower? 
Uh, a shower. Like a bridal, like a baby oh, shower? <laughs> I thought you meant just... Not like, a shower, a uh, baby shower. Yeah, one weird scene in Shrek of... the Third where all those princesses They all get into the shower. shower. Yeah, they're, um, there's like the... Somebody's in jail again, so they all the princesses team up, and it's like Snow White, Sleeping yeah. Beauty, Rapunzel. Uh, oh, that was also the third time and final time that I laughed in this movie, <laughs> is the red carpet thing when Joan Rivers is like, oh, and here's Sleeping Beauty, and she just falls <laughs> out of the carriage. I was like, yeah. that's good. Because I, I wish the movie was more like that, and that it had kind of jokes and nods like that, but then... Mm-hmm. The movie was still a movie. Yeah. You know, it, it was just so many references. I liked the use of the fairy tale characters. I wish they were in it more. I love them, and I just, I mean, they have all of their own little short films and stuff. But, like, the, say something ridiculous. Like, you're wearing ladies' underwear. I'm, uh, I'm wearing ladies' underwear. And there's the, it's a thong! The whole, there's just so many good lines. And when he turns back into a frog Aww. at the end, and then Gingy goes, yeah. <laughs> Iconic. Actually, wait, so maybe, many I la- Iconic maybe I laughed lines. a fourth time and that was the fourth time. It was so good. Yep, that was. I, I wrote that down as the fourth time I laughed. The Mission and, Impossible. And then I wrote right after that, so is the queen going to fuck a frog? Yeah, I said, hmm. She's like, What's oh, a- Harold, you're even more handsome than before. Like, um, okay. Because is it is it going to be the same story where, like, if she just kisses him again, he becomes human? Or is he... Is he just a frog? Do we see him anymore in the, the Shrek series? Do we see the two Could of them? Could not tell you. Or did they not have the budget anymore for Julie Andrews and John Cleese, so they got Justin Timberlake? That's probably what happened. Um, Who's to say? Also, we need, this needs to be said. Um, the dog. Yes, the Bichon Frisee. Super cute. Yeah. It really legitimately upset me when Shrek yelled at it and it started crying. And then at the end, when they're doing Live in La Vida Loca, yes! Shrek kills it. <laughs> he he jumps onto this Pretty very li- small dog. Yeah, because he tries to crowd surf and no one will... will I don't know why the dog didn't him. move out of the way either. I, I don't know. But I, I, I don't think the dog died. Because I firmly believe in film and TV, when you don't physically see the light leave someone's eyes, they are not dead. You well, know? so they can come back for sequels and be like, I exactly. you didn't see me die. That's what I learned from every CW show. Supernatural, The Flash, Arrow. No one is dead unless you physically see them die. And even then. Even then. Even then, maybe not. So would you like uh, would you like to go for a little segment? I would love to. So it's one of the flagship games on this podcast, and it's one of my favorite. So a lot of movies they have different promotional material that they use to advertise their movie. So Rita, we're gonna see how well you know your Shrek in a game we call <laughs> Guess the Tagline. Sure. Me say. Guess cool. the tagline. Yep, so we're going to guess the tagline. Thanks again to Ruby Wardus for that one. So um, I'm getting these taglines from IMDb. There are three possible um, taglines for this film. Um, they're kind of play on words of kind of fairy tale tropes. So if you even get close, you'll get whatever points or whatever that we're doing for this. Okay. What? Wait, what am I guessing? What The movie? tagline for Shrek 2. So. Oh, so which one of these is correct? Oh, you're just going to guess them freeform. Oh. So, you know how on posters they have a stupid little joke or something, like, knocked up. It's like, how could this guy 
be a dad or something mm-hmm. like that. Or 40-year-old version, uh, the longer you wait, the better it feels or something like that. Okay. So this is make-em-ups. This is... This is silly, this silly make 'em up. So silly. I do have the real ones on my phone, but who knows if I like yours more. Sure. It's intense. So, do you, um, right off the bat, do you have any thoughts? Like, what, knowing what you know about DreamWorks and kind of their marketing. Mm. It's going to have something, some pun on the word green still. One mm-hmm. of those, it's not easy being green type of, type of puns, because Shrek loves puns. Like like meaner and greener than ever. Some some garbage like that. So close, but not <laughs> really. Um, so, I do like greener, but meaner. Um, I I also would have accepted something along the lines of like the story is not ogre or something. Yeah, of which course. They don't seem to use. It's all ogre now. <laughs> it's all ogre now, baby blue, baby green. <laughs> oh well, there you go. It wow, writes that's, itself. That's better. Um, it writes itself. So the real ones are not so far, far away. Uh-huh. Or this one I think is actually semi-good, Once Upon Another Time. Mm-hmm. And then the worst one is In Summer 2004, They're Back for More. <laughs> <laughs> that could be about any movie. That could be any movie. I mean, but classic Shrek, he's always back for more because, yeah. you know, he's always eating. Am I right? Uh, yeah. And that's how we play Guess the Tagline. Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. Um, do you have any Do you have any other stray thoughts about uh, Shrek 2 before we kind of go into the rating system? Yes. I think it's what's important to mention, uh, and I think what the most important part of the movie is, which is not a part of the movie at all, which is Far, Far Away Idol. Of course. Yes, which we have not even discussed yet. That's crazy. We were very restrained, I guess, yeah, in that way. Yeah, it's... Almost, it's maybe 67% of the, like a good two-thirds of why I love this movie. And it's the bonus feature entitled Far, Far Away Idol. So, Shrek and Fiona walk in on Puss and Donkey still singing Livin' La Vida Loca. They say, you know, they have some witty banter about their singing talents. And then in walks, who else? But Simon Cowell, the king of unsolicited, unsolicited comments about one's singing talents. And they decide to have, a, you know, a singing competition. Because American Idol was still very much relevant at this, this time. This was the peak. This was, this like, was maybe season three. I, was, I think that was, before, that was before Carrie Underwood, I think. It was. She won in 2005. Yeah, so this I'm was like to... Ruben Studdard era. Oh. Yeah. The best era, I would say. And so you have hmm. Shrek, Fiona, Donkey. Puss. And then a lot Ugly of the stepsister, secondary characters. The three blind mice. You got Gingy. You got the wolf Pinocchio. with the pigs in the back. You got Pinocchio. Maybe even others. It's just... Oh, you have Charming. And they all sing songs. Like, normal songs that, like, you know. And it's a competition, and you can vote on the DVD bonus features. You can pick. And every single one that you vote for to win has its own cutscene its own kind of. result the the main well i remember well yeah the main characters it would be like if you vote for shrek or fiona or donkey or puss and boots or charming it would be like okay they won yay but all the minor characters it would be <laughs> simon cowell would go no no that's wrong the winner is me everyone yeah. and then he would sing a song he jumps up on the stage yeah that was a wild time who did you owe it? who was your vote you know i did every single one of them like, I was just like, oh, this time I'm going to make Gingy win. 
Because in the beginning, I wanted to vote for the ones that, like, actually were trying and, like, actually sounded good to me because I was not here for that kind of comedy as a child, as someone who was a singer. Mm-hmm. I was just really petty about it. But those songs, not all of them, but especially, like, the sugar, ooh, honey, honey, and I'm hungry like the wolf, that one, they only are from that to me. Like, I can't hear those songs at weddings because I'm like, Gingy sang this in Far, Far Away Idol. This is not a song. And people are like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, okay. Didn't the three blind mice, I remember, they had, like, really nice harmonies? They sang, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Like, they were all puns on all of their... All of their stuff. Pinocchio saying, Don't worry, Gato, Mr. Roboto. Prince Charming saying, uh, Too sexy for my shirt. Yep. Girls just want to have fun was the ugly stepsister. Um, my best friend, Natalie, whom you've met, cannot hear Hooked on a Feelin' because Captain Hook sang it in Far, Far Away Idol, and she's like, Get that out of the neighborhood. I can't hear this without hearing Captain Hook singing it. So she hates Guardians of the Galaxy. She, I don't know if she's even ever seen it. Ugh. Because that's probably just too much for her. But it was just, it's just so funny and so stupid and just hours of fun. Because you can go through all of the results. And, and Shrek and Fiona saying what I like about you. Like, why? Right. Shrek's use of song. Shrek's just a whole series Music choice, the music supervision, whoever did this, amazing. Shrek 1, fantastic soundtrack. Shrek 2, we got bops like I Need a Hero. We got bops like Changes by David Bowie, but a cover of it, which I didn't really oh, realize until this time. Yeah, I thought that was weird. I was like, oh, this isn't this isn't David Bowie. This is a female person. But it turns out David Bowie liked the rendition so much that he sang backing on it. Oh, I did not know that. So good for her and I can't whoever, think of who it was. I, no idea. But that iconic honeymoon sequence with Counting Crows is accidentally in love. I'm, Almost on par with it's a good the song. opening sequence to the first one with All Star. I'm going to ask you something. Sure. Do you think if Shrek didn't use All Star, it would be as huge of a weird juggernaut of a song as it is now? Not at all. I don't think it would be at all. I think Shrek absolutely catapulted that song into A-list relevance Thank you, and Shrek. timelessness. Yeah, it's, as I still think, it's kind of a fun song. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm so sick of, like, you're in my friends and just kind of, like, ironicism. Mm-hmm. It, ironicism is not fun at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd much rather like something because I like yeah, it. Yeah, just like it to, like, yeah, I understand what you mean. Someone once said, probably in text post form on tumblr.com and that's probably how I consumed it but they said if Uptown Funk was out in 2004 it would have been in the Shrek soundtrack or 2001 for the first movie Hmm. you know like if Uptown Funk had been out it would 100% be in the Shrek soundtrack and I think they are absolutely right I think Shrek too because I thought I thought Funky Town was like felt weird in there I liked it Personally, because I like that you had the the trumpets going uh-huh. to get them in, and then it's just pew 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 pew, and I'm like, all right, this is a funky town that we're rolling through with all these punny names. I have such a personal relationship with the song "Funky Town." Um, when I was <laughs> seven, I think, I uh, 
I was gonna say this earlier uh, when you mentioned Buggy Town, but it's I I was at a, a kind of a uh, a sleepaway kind of like camping weekend with my synagogue, mm-hmm. and there was a talent night, and I sang Funky Town in front of my entire synagogue, <laughs> and for years after they'd be like, "Hey Ross, when are you gonna sing Funky Town Aww. again?" And it was like uh, that was that age where if anybody mentioned something you ever did, yeah. you just get beat red. Yep. And it would, and I, I, cause I listened, I would listen to the Shrek 2 soundtrack a of course. lot. And I did all of, like the vocal intonations, like, fuck it town. <laughs> oh, awesome. I'm so proud of you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Oh, I mean, thanks Shrek. Yeah. Thanks Shrek for most. <laughs> In Shrek we trust. <laughs> I hate that so much. So did I. Um, I'm like done with Shrek memes. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think now I just unironically like Shrek. Because I, le- I really like the first two movies. I don't, I'm not, like, unironically sexually attracted to Shrek. That's no. not the kind of Shrek meme I'm talking about right now. Just, like, inserting Shrek into, into discourse, you know? Because, I, I mean, it, it, it is such a, cult, a cultural touchstone, like it or not. Absolutely. I think on par with SpongeBob, I think. I think so. Um, or maybe just a step below on how how much of an impact and how much in the forefront of pop culture mm-hmm. Shrek is and was over the in the millennium. Yeah, and I, I was thinking about this on the way over, that Sh- Shrek 1 was and still kind of is a really good concept. It's like looking at the world of fairy tales through usually the, the villain or just kind of... Yeah. Kind of like the wicked treatment, yeah, almost. giving a voice to the voiceless. Yeah, and I, I think it is kind of a shame and disheartening that over the years the movies have gotten a lot broader and kind of mm-hmm. just became a weird pop culture joke machine yeah. rather than because the first movie I, I'm not I'm not a huge Shrek person but I mean I remember really enjoying the first movie I saw the second saw the third third was bad enough that it didn't make I didn't see the fourth or um, uh, the Puss in Boots movie oh I forgot about the Puss in Boots movie I also saw wow. a clip from it, and there was a weird, uh, like, prison rape joke in it. Oh, no! That's a weird cu- cultural reference that everybody uses. Like a, like a Like a don't drop the soap, yeah. Yeah, that was in Spongebob. Yes. Yep. Parallels. The parallels continue. Yeah, and Shrek is green, Spongebob's yellow. Yeah. Those are very close colors. Those are colors. <laughs> Those are both colors. Yeah. Uh... Rita, are you ready to rate this movie? Sure. Great. So, um, if this is your first time listening, we rate every movie that we discuss on this podcast on four criteria. Audience respect, plot, acting, and humor. Uh, we rate on a scale from zero to five. You can use any decimals or whatever you want to do. Um, and then we'll average it all together at the end, and we'll rank it between other movies that we've talked about. Uh... So, Rita, what do you think? So, audience respect, that means kind of, you know, like, does this kind of pander to the audience? It doesn't feel like a real, like, it's a kid's movie, or is it more just, you know what, anybody can sit down and enjoy it. It just happens to be rated G. I am probably going to be very nice with these, because I'm a very nice person. You are. Um, and I also <laughs> just am very, thank you very much. I'm very just attached to this movie. But I think that they gave the audience a lot of what you would want like looking at a lot of sequels that just rip apart 
all of the things that made a movie great and just keeping the character aesthetics and like the dynamics of the comedy and like it very in some ways it did do that but I think it was a storyline that is interesting and is provoking in a way like with that whole allegory that I was talking about Mm -hmm. and we'll save that for plot yeah well okay audience respect so watching watching this as an adult how did it feel like did you feel like this movie if you walked in and saw this in the theaters that you could enjoy it or would it be like okay i i could you know watch it and be whatever but it would definitely be for like my cousin that i brought i think i would definitely enjoy it because there were more things that i noticed this time than i did as a child and there were things that i really appreciated now that I think, you know, parents, adults, etc., can enjoy rather than just, like, sitting with a child. Sure. So one to five? Zero to five. Zero to five. Oof. That's a lot hard. Like, I want to give it, like, a 3.9. Okay. 3.9. Tenths of a tenths of a point. Yeah. Um, I'm giving it just an even three. Okay. Um, it definitely felt weird sitting by myself watching this movie. <laughs> That's fair. Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> just being like, oh, this this is an all right movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, definitely if I brought, uh, if I if I had any child cousins or a younger sibling, I would totally take them with no question to this. I know that a kid would love this, but um, there were a lot of moments where I felt like, okay, they're they're just really trying to put in jokes for adults, and mm-hmm. that it was annoying and. Oh, wait, that reminds me. I wrote something down in my notes that we didn't talk about. It, there, oh, (laughs) there were the, when they, when Shrek and Donkey go to, uh, the fairy godmother's, the castle, or whatever. The factory. The factory. There are all these weird jokes about unions. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, this is such a hack joke that I, now that I heard it on this, uh, in the movie, I hear it all the time, just the joke about um union benefits it's like they don't even get dental yeah, they don't dental, even have dental dental is such a coveted thing <laughs> in movies about unions uh-huh because it's just one of the ones that like sounds snappy that you can write into a script yeah i also don't really know that much that many health insurance plans that really exclude like all dental i i really couldn't tell you usually but, you i know. feel like they usually get at least a basic cleaning who's to say not, not me. Not me. <laughs> Nor is the union leader or whatever, the, uh, the fair godmother's secretary. Yeah. So, yeah. I thought it was a great joke, but that's because I was a child and had never heard it before. Yeah, I was like, dental? Wow, yeah. I hate oh, the dentist. good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was the age that you, like, stopped being afraid of the dentist? Or are you still afraid of the dentist? I don't think I am anymore because I really like my dentist. I like my dentist and the assistant lady, Amanda. She's the bomb. Shout out to Amanda. Everyone that's at my dentist, or that at least I interact with there, like, they're theater people. Like, they oh. grew up in theater, and, like, my Amanda used to, like, be in shows and stuff in high school and everything, but that she didn't anymore in college or anything, but she kept dancing, and, like, she still dances and, like, teaches dance classes. And she's she kind of always forgets, because I only see her every six months, she forgets that I'm, like, in musical theater, so she gets so excited every time to hear that I'm in musical theater, and she's like, what shows are you, like, what are you up to? And I, like, told her all about Heather's over the summer, and she was, like, so excited, and everyone's really nice. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go get my teeth cleaned, and it's not gonna be, like, super fun, that part, 
with the, the whirring and all of that. I don't like those noises. But we're going to have some nice conversations. Someone's going to compliment my eyebrows. And then I'm going to be on my way. I don't know how you have conversations at the dentist. She does. She will try to talk to me, like, while she's in my mouth. And I say, Amanda, wait. <laughs> and I'm, like, trying to sign to her. And I'm like, you don't sign. You should sign. Because that would be a great way to talk to your dentist while they're cleaning in your mouth. But I don't think I am afraid of the dentist anymore. But I'm afraid of other... Like, doctor's appointments and just, like, going to the hospital, things like that. Oh, that's terrifying. I don't, like, I feel like it was maybe the past three times that I went to the dentist that I was not afraid. That's good. And I'm 20 years old. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely more excited now to go to the dentist. I'm like, yeah. great. I feel like I've, clean. I've missed too many, I've missed too many random days of brushing, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I just am deteriorating. Um... But yeah, the hospital is scary because yeah. they they tell you the bare minimum and you feel like an idiot for asking them to explain, like, what uh-huh. does an IV do? Yeah. I'm like, oh, so is this, uh, is this just water? And they're like, yeah. Like, in a cup next to me. I really, really hate shots, needles in any sort of way. And mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot of blood drawn in the past, like, two months or whatever. Oh. And I'm, or even if I'm getting a flu shot, which takes a total of two seconds, I'll have to, my mom has to come with me. I'm 20 years old. My mom has to come with me. I have to squeeze her hand and, like, sing songs to her to distract myself from the fact that there is a needle going into my skin. And I was in, I was in the emergency room the week before school started this semester. And I was sick for, like, a week. And I got, like, a bunch of blood drawn, like, a bunch of different times in one day. And so I would just be, like, squeezing my mom and just, like, singing songs from Heather's and singing, like, Annie Get Your Gun to her as they're, like, taking the blood out of my body. And, like, the third nurse that took blood out of me was like, I mean, I'm done, but I can fill up another tube if you want to sing another song. (laughs) Which was, like, really sweet. But I just hate... Good one, nurse. I hate needles so much. That's the one thing that always gets me. Um, I I had the best nurse one time to to give me a shot. And she was a diabetic, so she was so used to to Mm. shots. So what she did was she pinched my arm and stuck the needle right where she pinched. So I didn't feel it at all. So... If that's an if you if you if you feel comfortable dictating to your uh, doctor, <laughs> like can you do it this way? Yeah, I'm just like here, here's a new little new little trick for you that I learned. Yeah, little here. pro tip. <laughs> My friend told me about <laughs> it from his <laughs> diabetic nurse. Yeah, here's a pro tip for you. I know you're literally a professional, and like I sing songs in a sandwich shop for a living, but here's how to do your job. Bossing around medical professionals, it's fun. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the plot? I. I liked the plot. I thought that the things that it said about the character, like, there was a lot of different things going on with, like, his, the king's, I'm not saying anything right now, the king's sort of subplot of his insecurities and his fears that he was having, because he was, like, the frog that we, we learned at the end. That was nice, but... And that whole dialogue about you're different than me, so I hate you, and you're not what I wanted you to be, and you're not what I wanted you to be, and all of that thing. That was nice. I like the introduction of the new characters. I do agree, Julie Andrews, like, what did she do? What They wasted her talents. And a lot of it was, like, not super about Fiona. But I liked the plot. But I want to hear what you think, because you probably have more specific <laughs> things to say. Um, I mean, 
we talked about I talked about it um, a little bit earlier um, but it's yeah it was a huge step back I felt for Fiona because the movie Shrek 1 was you know half about her that it was yeah uh, her rescuing and then realizing that she isn't just this damsel in distress that she kicks ass and she burps and she yeah. blows up fish or something when they made those balloons do you, okay i don't remember it's a deep cut i believe you <laughs> um but yeah that bothered me there were just there were a lot of kind of hack, half-baked plots it felt like uh yeah the thing where puss, puss in boots seemed to be taking replacing donkey yeah and then that didn't really happen yeah. and donkey had had those i don't maybe they hadn't fully formed into insecurities by then but the whole thing in the beginning where he was like i'll make sure nobody bothers you and he goes you're bothering me he says oh okay i'm just i'll just you know me and pinocchio we're gonna like watch a tournament or something i'll just maybe see you on on sunday for a cookout or whatever and he leaves that could have been maybe something that was explored a little bit more because he feels threatened by all these different people but then it's weird then that he comes with shrek and Fiona, if he, if he became kind of a triangle thing where it's like Shrek is overwhelmed because he's trying to appease Fiona's parents while also um, being with his best friend. Mm-hmm. And then Fiona is trying to... if she, And then she... You know what? We're going to save this for our segment of later when I talk about uh, how the movie could have been different. Okay. But uh, yeah, I just felt like there were a lot of kind of half-baked plot items. Yeah. And I do agree that the, the whole thing with um, kind of the similarities between kind of like if... As, as if Shrek was a different race and um, the filmmakers cited that movie Guess Who's Coming to Dinner from the 60s kind of as an influence on that mm-hmm. if you remember the 2000 something remake Guess Who with Ashton Kutcher and Bernie Mac I can't say I do but wow it was fine um, <laughs> um, and I said this so many times in the podcast but like imagine if I didn't have so much pop culture knowledge in my head and I had real things to talk <laughs> about I'm just like yeah that movie um, yeah. but just because of kind of all it just it just felt very incomplete, and it, it, it was a short movie, too, so I'm going to go with uh, two. I was going to put it at a three. I'll give it a three, an even three. Even three. Even Steven. How about the acting? So, um, you're an actor. I am. So, um, I don't know if you have any real thoughts on kind of voice acting and kind of what that entails. Voice acting is actually, like, my, my area. That is ah. my, my sort of zone. Um, I've studied dialects a lot. I was like the dialect coach type of thing at my high school whenever someone would need, need that. Now we have like actual people to do that here. But yeah, voice acting, doing voices, doing like character voices and stuff and accents and all of that was definitely my thing. I like always wanted to be like on My Little Pony as a child. Like I wanted to be one of the ponies. I want to be on Bob's Burgers. So that would just be like my ultimate dream because I love that show and I love all the stupid improv that they do when they're like developing everything so voice acting is definitely something that I do think a lot about um no one really besides Mike did anything that wasn't mostly more or less their own voice everyone like no one did like a character voice overtly Uh like Mike is not Scottish Eddie was very much very much Eddie I love how you're using their first names. Like, you know, my good friends, like Mike, Eddie. That is all I do. My, my girl, Eddie. Um, a lot of his lines, like the police brutality line, and like, he got a piece, all that stuff, like, felt like there were things that he had brought to the character. I cannot confirm that in any way, but it felt like 
one of those characters where you kind of write, and then they say something funny here. Like, Tony Stark, a lot of it is just like, Robert Downey Jr. says something ridiculous. Is that what what they do? I think so. Sometimes. I think I might have made that up, but... I've never seen any of the Iron Man movies, so... Sorry, everybody. In Scrubs. The janitor in Scrubs. It would be like, and then he says something. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love Scrubs so much. It seemed like one of those characters where it's just like... Neil Flynn. Neil Flynn had yes. um, has an extensive improv background. Mm-hmm. I think he he studied at either Second City or I O. Yeah, he was just supposed to be in the first season. And I know, then... and there was going to be a figment of JD's imagination. Yeah. Do not try to outscrubs me. Yeah. Mina. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to bring it, the audience up to speed here. <laughs> oh, I just get excited. But yeah, just the fact that they would just be like, all right, and then he's going to say something, mm-hmm. and it's ri- going to be ridiculous. It felt like it was one of those things. I really liked Eddie. Um, some of the dialogue with Mike and Cameron Diaz, I'll start using last names, was, like, kind of weird. Especially the fight in the beginning, like, the we're not going. That whole dialogue, it felt very, like... Because Shrek's stubborn. Quiet. I don't know, just, like, the pacing of it and, yeah. like, the... I don't It felt really weird. I was like, Meh, it doesn't seem like it was the best from them. I felt like in the first movie they were a lot more... Mm-hmm natural i also read that um the three of them they recorded their dialogue in 16 hours oh probably not at the same time but yeah i mean wow so if that kind of puts it into perspective at all yeah so what would you rate it do you think because who else was antonio banderas was in this movie he was he did yeah there's just so many characters to think about i'm gonna say 3.2 yeah, we are basically right next to each other. I'm giving it a 3.4. All right. Just because I gave, I think I had problems with um, Mike Mike and Cameron. Cammy, like to call her. Um, yeah, I thought um, they both weren't angry enough when they mm-hmm. needed to be angry. Um, I don't know. It, it definitely felt kind of like a bit of a step back. Like there wasn't, there didn't feel like to be a lot of introspection. Yeah. Uh, in their performance, which that's one of the douchiest things I've ever said, but let's go with <laughs> it. Um, and also, just like you, I'm I'm a huge fan of voice acting. I would, it is one of my dreams just because I've been, you know, making, doing voices and yeah. impressions since I was a little kid, and I've been good for a couple months <laughs> at it. Um, but yeah. So there, the, I agree with yeah. everything you said. And then finally, humor. I love the humor in this movie. It's my type of stupid brand of just puns and stupid references, and it's very Bob's Burgersy. I love Bob's Burgersy type of humor. Hmm. That even that little I hate Mondays. Just dumb thing. Just the dumber the better. So I'm here for it, personally. Okay. How? Are you not? Oh, I was I was waiting for your number. But oh, I mean, I can, okay. I, I thought ex- we were gonna. No, no. I'll, I don't know how. You know, I'll talk. It's okay, cool. Yeah. Um, no, I just wanted to. Interestingly, bra- I didn't really get a a Bob's Burgers vibe with the humor. I felt it definitely felt again on brand for Mike Myers with mm-hmm. Austin Powers, yeah. um, and kind of like the later scary movie movies. Just mm-hmm. kind of a lot of just references that were like they're references, um, and there's that's that. Yeah. Um, again, uh, I laughed. A total of four times in this hour and a half. And by laugh, I think one time I actually went, huh. And the other two <laughs> or three times I just, the, 
Yeah. It's the nose thing. Um, what were the other times that you laughed besides the croak and the Sleeping Beauty falling out of the... The croak, uh, Sleeping Beauty falling asleep when Donkey says, Donkey! Oh, yeah. Um, and then the first time that I laughed... Oh, this this is one of my favorite movie tropes, and it, it always works on me, is um, <laughs> uh, when Shrek and Fiona get out of the onion when they arrive in Far, Far Away, and it's silent, and then you just hear one baby crying. Yeah. <laughs> that, oh, that gets me every time. But other than that, a lo- it, it all felt very kind of just hokey and cheesy, like mm-hmm. the thing where Fairy Godmother was like, you're making me do something I really don't yeah. want to do. Breaking my diet. <laughs> like, it's weird because it was also such a short meeting that I don't know why she didn't just... She didn't either have food before getting in the cab <laughs> or just waited until after. Uh-huh. I forgot... I didn't even realize it watching the movie. I just remembered back to it in meme form. In the opening sequence when Prince Charming is coming to the tower and the wolf is in there. Don't know why that they've taken that hat. Maybe that's an arrangement they've made with Fiona that they can live there now. Yes, the tower. The wolf is like reading Pork Illustrated and it's like a pig in a swimsuit. Which doesn't make sense. It doesn't, but it's just stupid and funny because it's stupid. I think that's funny just because it's not drawn attention to. Like all those stupid store names, the shops... They're all in the background. I had to, like, okay. look for them. That I was just like, oh, that's really funny that you just, like, that's just the world that you feel like existing in. I mean, I respect that. I, I do like when it comes to world building and kind of just having just stuff that you're not necessarily drawing attention to. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that's what this, and I said that before, what this franchise is good at. But yeah. just, like, the overt just jokes within scenes and bits, I just didn't really latch on. So... Yeah. One of my least favorite things is comedy that is waved in your face. Like when when you when you explain a joke as you tell it in this is it where it's like a second joke where it's like oh wait, get it cuz like yeah. yeah, like that that's sucks. some of the things that I really didn't like about Deadpool. Was it Deadpool like could have left some of its jokes just kind of like smacked you in the face with it instead of just kind of shoving it in your face and that's just like too much. Like when he goes to the Charles Xavier's mansion thing and he's like funny how there's like so many of you in this big house and I only ever see you two like I thought that was funny because it's like oh he's like you know the studio couldn't afford more actors haha I get it and then he says it's almost like the studio couldn't afford more actors and I'm like all right that's funny Deadpool but like I thought you know I that's what I had gotten out of that joke already yeah I don't need you to wave the joke in my face so I like jokes that are like very understated that like you almost don't realize it's a joke and then you come back and you're like wait a minute that was funny so yeah, well, it's it. a very kind of like Simpsons mentality, almost just throwing a lot of jokes at you. And, and like 30 Rock, there's so many mm-hmm. jokes coming at you that some of them are going to be kind of crappy, but there isn't an, a lot of time to dwell because there is like three things going on at once. Yeah. Um, so what what would you give rating wise for the humor? I'm giving it a 4.2. Whoa. Because I love it so much. Wow. Yeah. I told you I was going to be very nice with these. And I'm a lot more harsh. Yeah. Well, it's my brand of humor. It's just taste. No, I get that. And it's also, I've I've been, the, I, this is the 20th or 19th movie that we've reviewed on this show, so I'm very jaded and like, sure. well, that was bad. I'm still very uh, bright-eyed, very bushy-tailed. Uh, well, just wait till senior year. <laughs> and you'll be like, oh, everything's terrible. Great. 
Um, but I'm giving it an even two. Wow. So, um, crunching the numbers, Shrek 2 comes out with a score of 3.09. So, that's not great. It's not terrible. That's just a little bit below The Witches, uh, if you're familiar with that movie, and a little bit above Big Fat Liar. Big Fat Liar. So, interesting movies to be, uh, sandwiched between. Yeah, sandwiched. Uh, <gasps> sandwiched, but Big Fat Liar. <laughs> um... So now we're going to go on to our final segment before we say sure. goodbye. Um, so I was pitching it before, but this movie, I I had different thoughts on it than you. But I think we can both agree that there are spots where it could be improved upon, right? Of course. So we're going to explore those in a little segment we call Better. Okay. Yeah, so this is better. You, do you know... Are you a Regina Spector fan? No. Okay. I assume, I'm not, I don't dislike her, but, like, I get it. I don't know. I feel like I have a... I feel like you give off a cool Regina Spector vibe. Yeah, people say, like, Regina, Nora Jones, Ingrid. Okay. That whole cohort I've been lumped in with. One Sarah. Thing, one thing that I think you're better huh, than ah. um, a, lot, a lot of people that seem to be that are big fans of like Ingrid and Regina you don't try to do that voice you know yeah the ones like, ah, ah, yeah ah, welcome to my that. kitchen that oh voice my goodness yeah I like I definitely can and I definitely have like for the meme but I do have my musical theater background mm-hmm. so I do try to sing like how people speak in normal life so yeah I don't I try I try not to do that and sometimes I'm like that was that was too much. Mm-hmm. Do less. I mean, self-reflection is always important. And, like, I went to summer <laughs> camp, and every week we would do kind of like a mu- Like, uh, we would all sing songs, and there would always be three acts, at least, with girls doing that voice. Yep. And it drives me nuts. But anyway, so in talking about how this movie could be better, one thing I'm just going to pitch right sure. off the bat, if you cut out Puss in Boots entirely. Yeah. 100%, I don't think he really did much. Yeah, he didn't. He was just sort of added to the ensemble and didn't really change any of the other characters in any way except for Donkey who got over it. And they became friends at the end. Exactly. If... Because I think there was so much going on but not a lot of it seemed to be really like pursued to its final point. Like if... Because, I mean, I and this you might have different opinions just because I I have a very much like a writer and plot structure mind. But just... if, If... I think this movie could have been so strong, so much stronger if a lot of the conflict was internal and, like, not... They didn't have to be all locked up in that castle the entire movie, but them having to deal with each other rather than just Shrek getting mopey and running off. Yeah. and Or almost dying or the whatever. The quest part. Because there didn't need to be another quest. Yeah. There, like, there are other types of... If they want to stick with fairy tale tropes, there are different types of movies I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I don't know. I just think in the map of a trilogy, like, the first one is the quest. The second one is just all, like, it's character work. Yeah, it's all all the things you thought were perfect because you got the girl or you got the prize of whatever that everything's going to be perfect, and then you realize that it isn't perfect. Yeah, and you have to deal with people and like it's 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 all about interaction and character development and people's 
insecurities and flaws and fears that don't really come out. And so I would have loved if they were just locked up in that castle the whole time. I actually think that would probably be really interesting to just watch them have to duke that out. Because it's crazy to me that the king and queen of Far, Far Away, they they don't really bring up the cat, the tower that Fiona was locked in yeah. away that much. And Fiona doesn't seem upset by it at all. Yeah. Because only months ago in, t- in like, movie time was she, was she brought out? Was yeah. she taken out? Yeah. She never really seemed, like, when you're looking through her diary, they're like, I'm going, she, Dad says I'm going away for a while. And, like, yeah, that I'm going to get rescued and everything's going to be fine. So it's almost like a, like, just this is the way things are. And it's going to be great. Because it's just like, you will, this man will come for you. And this is how that happens. This is how the thing you, that we've taught you to dream about will happen. I think that would have been a very interesting, I hate the word interesting and I hate that I just said it. I thought that it would have been nice to see them actually deal with that and deal with that that's a really weird, horrible thing because Shrek just kind of says it in passing in that whole meat ripping scene. That would have, yeah, I would have liked that. I think this is a new point. Yeah. Something that I don't like, especially when children's movies do, and specifically I think about Frozen doing this a lot. I could probably also do a whole other podcast about Frozen. Hell yeah. But Frozen half-asses too many things instead of whole-assing one thing. Very Swanson of you. Thank you very much. They have, you know, Sven and Olaf and the rock trolls and the, the like there's and the big snow monster thing. Like there's so many little things that they try to integrate into the plot that, like, none of them really get anything of value that will make me care that they're there. Mm-hmm. Like, I I care for, like, five seconds that Donkey feels alone. Well, when, and that's all the time that yeah, he feels alone. Yeah, because that's all the time that we're really given to deal with that. So if there was a couple less things, if the Prince Charming and the Fairy Godmother and their plot had been shrunk a little bit and you could deal with the characters that we already knew instead of, like, putting in more... Like, I I want to open a new box if I haven't finished my other box. Exactly. Yeah, and it's totally reasonable to be like, okay, we have all these ideas that we didn't do for the first movie, but maybe pick one or two because they they started working on Shrek 2 before the first one came out and they started working on Mm. Shrek 3 before Shrek 2 came out. So, So they definitely could have kind of been a little bit more strategic and been like, okay, so we can tell this is becoming a thing, uh, a series that we want to keep working on. Let's kind of stretch this stuff out. Like, yeah, I... And if it was all kind of internal stuff in the castle with most of the conflict, I think Prince Charming then... If Prince Charming was at that dinner at the beginning instead of Donkey, that would have been so Mm. interesting. And, And Fiona being like... And Shrek has been an ass the entire time and of course, if if this just really handsome, polite enough man showed up and started acting uh, in a chivalrous way, then Fiona would start coming towards it, and then Shrek would have to change once again and realize that he needs other people. Yeah. I do like... I did like that Fiona was very much, this is not my husband. That, how she wasn't... How they made that part of the plot. Like, she still... When she said... Uh, I want to, you know, he'll live happily ever, ever after, whatever, whatever, with the ogre I married. Like, I was like, I you like gonna that. make me cry. And then P- Puss in Boots said, I'm gonna cry. And I said, girl, same. 
But at the same time... It's also what they did at the end of the first movie. It was at the end of the first movie, and also Fiona is doing a lot of stuff because of Shrek. Like, she hasn't seen her parents in years and years and years, and she's like, you know what? Shrek and I are gonna go, I think. This was this was a mistake to come here. And, like, I'm gonna go find him in the woods somewhere. And th- I, I was thinking during the movie, this movie fails the Bechdel test so hard. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it absolutely does. Well... Winner, beggars can't be choosers. Shrekers can't be choosers. Wow. That didn't make any sense. Wow. But that's all for... Uh, do you have any other kind of thoughts about how to improve? I realized I was going to end the segment before. You I know, I wish I did. Uh, I like the fairy tale characters. I would like to have seen a little bit more of them, just because I love them and all of their... Instead of Puts in Boots spinoff movie, a Jinji movie? Oh, absolutely, and I will play Jinji again. Oh, I would have loved more of the giant Jinji. Yes, Mongo. Mongo. He was... I The Iron Giant thing, as he, like, went into the water, he says, mm. be good, I cry. And then when he's... I did find it fun. I didn't laugh, but I did find it fun when he's singing along to Live in <laughs> Live the Vita, Vita Loca, Loca in the ocean. Yeah, in the water. Oh, he's not dead. He's just in there. He's just hanging out. Slowly dissolving. Oh, poor guy. Anyway. But anyway. I don't know if I did, if I did ever... Uh, explicate to you that I did play Jinji in Shrek in the you didn't. musical, which you can tell by the everything about me. But I did, so I'm very You're a little cookie. I'm I am. I have my little cookie voice and everything. I have the little puppet. Um, so I'm very connected to Jinji. What do you think I would have played in Shrek the musical? I'm a I'm a mainly a baritone voice, but I can hit some of the lower uh, tenor parts. I mean, you've got that Farquad Hambone personality that you could just. Oh, thank you. That, make the whole, like, you could take up the whole stage just well, by entering it. So that's you. that's what immediately jumps out. But I think you're pretty versatile. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Did, I actually saw um, John Lithgow in concert when I was really little. And I didn't realize, like, how cool that was until much later. That's very cool. Yeah, because he, he, um, he released a couple of children's books, and they had, like, some albums accompanying it. Uh, so that's... That's a fun little fact about John Lithgow. It is, yeah. Thank one you. One of one of my favorite. Just what I he's not my go to actor, but whenever I see him, I'm like, oh great. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. a good one. Well, Rita, yeah. what? I think that's all the thoughts I have. Well, that's great. Well, Rita, thank you so much for coming. Thank on, you. Ah, uh, this episode twenty. What a great way <laughs> to end another ten. As Yay! I like to say, I don't know if I say that ever. Um, I mean, you would have had one other opportunity. To yeah. say it so that's true you know my last 10 but i didn't but i'll say it now yeah um is there anything that you would like to uh promote or plug your i teased your youtube channel i don't know how regularly you plan on maintaining that i've been on hiatus for like the whole summer i am you've been busy i have been busy um but i just wasn't really feeling very creative but i think i'm coming back in Ooh. october is it gonna be a uh, halloween song october november now no not again um (laughs) i don't think so i did one last year kind of it was like a halloween slash christmas um but yeah i think i'm coming back so that's youtube.com slash rita castagna it's every social media is just at rita castagna you know i tweet a lot (laughs) i think i'm pretty funny on twitter 
I can't think, but I, I remember you being... You're funny IRL, so I assume Thank that you're you. funny in, online as well. Yeah, one of my tweets like a week or two ago got five retweets and 26 likes, and I said, wow, wow. I've made it. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's a lot for you're, someone that doesn't to blow get up. notes. I, I recently made my social media private, ah. just because I was curious, and I was like, oh, if I'm applying to internships for the time being, I should maybe... That's fair. Even though I don't really have anything to hide, but it was, like, just a precautionary sure. thing. And it's weird. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I might make them public again soon. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, you can still request to follow <laughs> me on whatever, and I'll totally add you. Sure. Um, and then, of course, you can listen to this podcast. You can find us uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at mm-hmm. Pod, And we're on so many different websites to listen to podcasts. iTunes, SoundCloud, App, um, Google Play, and Stitcher. I don't know how to get onto other ones. You, somebody <laughs> tell me that. You can have the RSS link if you want it. Um, but yeah, that's that's about it for today. Uh, thank you for listening. Hope to hear you again next week. And go, go, Gadget, and show.